Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, a little bit of everything so far today. A lot of basketball, some baseball. The football conversation continues as today is the first day that teams can apply the franchise tag to those who are eligible, which does include Saquon Barkley. And obviously that was a huge part of his offseason last year. You have from today until 4 p.m. on March 5th, that is the deadline to apply the franchise tag to one of your players. Pat O'Keefe in for Allen today again, along with Bart Scott. It is 2 o'clock, and that Bart can only mean one thing. Yes. That means it's 2 o'clock, or 2.02, and Jake is a little late, but it's still the same. It's the power hour, 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 hour. A little pep in your step today. Must have been those beans. It's the beans. Beans, beans, the- <laughs> good for your heart. Hey, man, I got to get my cholesterol down, man. You know what I'm saying? I got to eat that fiber. All y'all old people out there know what I'm talking about. Y'all, instead of going with uh, Metamucil, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going with some beans. You know, good old black beans. Big you know what I'm saying? Jake, get that fiber. <laughs> Can't eat oatmeal and Cheerios all day. All right, so here we are. NFL offseason for the Giants and Jets, and God knows they both need some help. We talked about Tannenbaum's uh, proposal yesterday, um, bringing Russell Wilson uh, to the Jets as their backup quarterback, which, you know, if you poke a hole or two in it, you could probably uh, do that. Yeah, we call those HTs. <laughs> High uh, takes. He, Tannenbaum, has been busy uh, between his hot takes on, He's everywhere. on I uh, Get Up in, This Week. Him in front. He also spent some time on uh, DPH on Rothenberg this morning. Uh, Grasa in for Rick with uh, Dave Rothenberg today. Uh, you know, Dan Grasa, obviously, uh, familiar with the Jets, part of their uh, pregame coverage for the last several years. Um, the question was posed to Tannenbaum, even if Russell Wilson did want to come to New York as a backup to Aaron Rodgers, uh, would it not be awkward for Russell Wilson to once again play for Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets' offensive coordinator, with whom he didn't have overwhelming success when they were together in Denver? Nathaniel Hackett should be, you know, happy to have a job, and he should get the players that he's given better. And and that's the bottom line. That's the that's the definition of a coach. Take the players you have and get them better. So to me, look. I understand that like to have Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in the same room comes with some angst, but my question to you guys is who's the veteran, experienced, inexpensive quarterback that if Aaron Rodgers at 41 years old coming off an Achilles tendon injury is going to play quarterback for the Jets in 2024? Bart, I think there's a lot of answers to that question. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. There's one. Um, Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, I don't love the injury history with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but he's, you know... Give me uh, Tyrod Taylor's good. Don't get me wrong, but he gets hurt every time it seems like, including this year. I mean, they've done business with the Ravens. I, I think they should still maybe bring back Chuck Clark and put him on a one year and see if he can actually be what he was supposed to be last year as he's trying to get a new market for himself. I thought that that would have made that team a little bit nastier and a little better um, as well, even though they've had the upcome. But I'm calling the Ravens and I'm I'm, I'm asking like you know I think Tyler Huntley is got to be about up, man. He seems like he's been backing up Lamar Jackson for like at least four years Yeah, now. since COVID, I believe, right. was the first so, time. So, so at least four years. The Ravens have a – man, Ravens have more um, – they have more 
free agents than almost any team. Their entire roster is damn near free agents. So I'm trying to see if I can poach him because he's a young quarterback that maybe like Tyrod Taylor. Remember, Rex tried to trade for Tyrod Taylor when he was a member of the Baltimore Ravens when he wanted to back up for Mark Sanchez. He tried to get him from there. Tyler Huntley, to me, is nothing but another Tyrod Taylor, a guy that's going to play in his league, start in his league. And, you know, he's acquitted himself very well when you look at when Lamar Jackson went down the last two years. That's who I would target because I'm selling to him that, hey, Aaron Rodgers, you get to come here and be behind Aaron Rodgers, but then you'll get your opportunity to prove if you're a starter in his league, right? And Aaron Rodgers may be here for a year. He could be here for two years. That's a player that I think has a higher upside than Sam Howell. He has a higher upside than Tyler Heineke. I mean, he almost beat Cincinnati. He almost beat Cincinnati in the playoffs. Remember, it was on one yard line. He dived. They knocked the ball out of his hand and went 99 yards the other way. But he's a guy that I would target as maybe potentially my future young quarterback in the NFL. According to Spotrack, uh, Ray tells us Tyler Huntley, an unrestricted free agent. See what I'm saying? So they got a lot of other things <laughs> they got to fill out before they get to him. Yeah, they're they not going to be able to get to him because they already got his backup already there. Remember, that's, he got hurt. Right. They, they, they got three. They, they were the only team in the NFL history. Talk about black history. They were the only team in the NFL history with a black quarterback coach in T. Martin and an all-black quarterback room. All three on the depth chart. All three on the depth chart. Yep. Um, Huntley makes a lot of sense. Jacoby Brissett would probably be my leader in the clubhouse also. Jacoby's a little older. You know, yeah, That's Jacoby's okay, though. A older. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to sell. We're, we're talking to, about this year. Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to answer the long-term and short-term solution with the same at the same time. I'm not looking to get – that would be nice. I'm not looking to get too tricky with this window that probably is only one year with Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. And then before, you also have to start paying a lot of these other people, like Garrett Wilson and these other guys. Yeah, that that's three years. Up. But I'm saying why Tyler Huntley makes so much sense, because he's shown that he can start in his league. Yeah. He and almost won a playoff game two years ago against Joe Burrow. I just told the whole story about him fumbling and going 99 yards. The other- right. Okay, okay. I th- used that for the audience. I thought, I, was like, I thought you didn't listen to what I said. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying, though. But he started for the last two years. Yeah. So, like, he can be trusted. And he's shown when starting he's better than those guys. And just think, if you're able to get a guy like you saw um, general manager um, Sauce, Le Sauce. GM Sauce, his, yes. Yeah, I think it's Le Sauce. Is, 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 is he his better GM than GM name. LeBron? We, we we shall see if he's able to get um, if he's able to pull one of these big fish as receiver, yeah. then I can say that. But yeah, absolutely. But yeah, to your point, maybe Jacoby Brissett is the the safer uh, immediate answer. But if I can sign Huntley, I would sign him to a three year deal. If I'm signing Jacoby Brissett, it's maybe a two year deal. Yeah, yeah. I think either one of them are good options. I, I like Tyrod Taylor as a player, and we did not think that he was, uh, you know, given a fair. A fair deal this year. I thought when he came back from his injury, dude's like Norbert. He should have gotten his job back. But that being said, that the, the biggest issue with him is dude's like Norbert. Yeah, exactly. He's always hurt. It's always something. Like, I know. Ultra long, well, broke ribs. His ribs are just weak. A lot of it's the way he plays. I mean, he plays pretty reckless. I mean, for his size, the tackle between the Jets that put him out with the broken rib or whatever the hell that was. What's the most routine tackle in the world, man? There's something there. He's a good yeah. player. Always has been. Yeah, but he, at this point, he's starting to get older, too. Yes, he is. But, yeah, a lot of people other than than what you know, Tannenbaum's talking about. Uh, you want to hear more from Mike Tannenbaum? He's got more ideas. Oh, of course. Let's go. Um, Gift that keeps on giving. Back to the Giants, and we talk about the Giants quarterback situation. So, on the one hand, he's got Caleb Williams coming in. He's got the Giants trading Kayvon Thibodeau and a bunch of picks. Uh, on the other hand, here's another idea. Uh, Tannenbaum on ESPN Radio for what the Giants should do at quarterback. 
Deshaun Watson, for whatever reason, right, wrong, or indifferent, has not worked out in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So if you could get out from roughly $138 million if you're the Cleveland Browns, played four different quarterbacks last year, you have a really good young quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you have a vet in Joe Flacco, if you could get all that cap flexibility and acquire Daniel Jones, who's 27, only he's going to make $36 million when you're left, that's a really good move if you're the Cleveland Browns. The inverse of that is, if you're the New York Giants, you want to get a high-ceiling quarterback. Deshaun Watson at one point was a great quarterback. He's only 29, and it's a three-year marriage. Is is that ceiling still that high? I mean, I believe in Deshaun Watson. You that do. He can get back to you know who he was. I mean, like you said, he's only, what, 28, 29 years old. But why the hell would Cleveland want to deal with Daniel Jones? I understand it would only be a one-year audition because and that's essentially saving $10 million off your quarterback if he's only costing $32 million. I just feel like, you know, you're trying to get too cute sometimes and you outfox yourself. Cleveland's under tremendous pressure to win a Super Bowl. they the first team to give somebody a, a, a guaranteed – $230 million because Kirk Cousins got a guaranteed contract. But they've been the, they're the first team that kind of opened up Pandora's box. And they're knocking on the door. They showed that they can play well, but you know, a lot of their guys are getting older. They probably won't be able to keep guys like Zadarius Smith this year. And, you know, they need to, to, to win. And I don't know if you win by resetting with a somebody else's failed quarterback. This portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. It's Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. Um, you know, it occurs to me, Bart, that, and this is not, this is somewhat common in recent years. Here we are, another offseason. And the Giants and the Jets, as you look at them side by side, have a lot of similar holes they need to fill. I mean, it seems like all the time they're kind of swimming in the same pool. The Jets need a strong backup quarterback and a future plan at that position. The Giants are back there. They both need offensive line help. The Giants and the Jets both need wide receiver help. Perhaps the Giants more so than the Jets because they've got the number one spot solidified. But you know, outside of that one year where the Giants went to the playoffs and won a game two years ago, uh, and, and you thought that was the start of something, and they ended up taking a step back, it seems like every offseason these two teams have multiple holes to fill and similar holes to fill. Yeah, it's just neither team has been able to hit on the offensive line. You think about, you know, Andrew Thomas turned out to be who they believed he was, but Kai Becton, not. And you could say, you know, it's the injuries. Um, but that draft class had four surefire starters in Tristan Wirth, Thomas, Becton, and Wills. And, you know, Wills has got injured. He He's had mixed reviews. Beckton hasn't lived up to expectations. And you, then you look on the flip side, they hit on that one, but we don't know what to do with Evan Neal. And if one of these good tackles are available, what do you do if you're the Giants? Do you try and save, um, you know, do you try and save Evan Neal, much like uh, Eric Flowers was saved by moving him into guard and going to get somebody else at the outside and give him one more chance at a different position to see if he can help solidify? Because you believe in the center of Smith. And so if, if, you know, and you kind of look at a guy like um, it's a free agent that's available that was brought in his league as a tackle. He was okay at tackle, then he moved to guard. He was okay, 
but he's really become one of the best centers in the game, and that's Connor Williams. And Connor Williams started with the Cowboys, and now he's you know, a free agent with the Miami Dolphins. Could a guy like Evan Neal move inside and find a home? And if he does find a home, then it's not a wasted pick because now you have you know, potentially three lockdown center, um, players at the offensive line, and Smith's shown that he's good, so that's four. So you talk about you know all the teams that had success last year, whether it's Baltimore with Zeitler and you know Stanley and Linderbaum, whether it's uh, the Philadelphia Eagles with you know with Kelsey. I know those guys are gone. Lane Johnson. Every team when you go to the playoffs had a good offensive line. It's 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 not a it's not you know. It's by design. It's not for a happenstance. And until you really build that foundation with a solid offensive line, you can't have sustainable success as an offensive unit because there's always going to be holes in your foundation. And both teams have to identify, and I don't know if the Giants decide to spend money with that. Is there $26 million under, underneath the cap? Do they decide to do that? Because they have – I think they can get good receivers – I don't know if they can get a top-end receiver with the two picks that they have in the second round, which is, I believe, within the top 50. You know, and if they can do that, can they find their Puka Nakua? Can they find somebody that may not be on the radar but fits perfectly? My problem with them is they don't really have a number one, right? So it's different if they're trying to find a number two, but they don't really have a number one, so you can't go out. You know, it was easy for you know the Rams to take Puka Nakua because they know they had Cooper Cup. Right, but they don't have their Cooper Cup yet, and Darren Waller is one of the most unreliable guys out there. The Giants have pick 39 and pick 47, but that's not a guarantee. That's somebody that may have to develop. And so do the Giants decide to spend their bulk of their money on a guy like Mike Evans or a guy like T. Higgins, or do they decide to go out and get a guy like Eric Dotson or uh, a Wayu from uh, – you know the the Patriots, that that's that's the plan. That's what we have to see. And on the flip side, does it, does the Jets go for the offensive lineman, or do they go and say, okay, well, Malik Neighbors fell, and we have an opportunity to get a guy that could be the number one receiver here, and we'll try and go in free agency and address the offensive line, and maybe franchise or bring back Beckton and give him a one year deal, or do you use that franchise tag on a guy like um, Huff to be able to try and keep that defense solid? Neighbors is also a guy who might not get past the Giants at number six, since that could be an option for them also. Um, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. Arsenio in the car. What's up, Arsenio? What's up, Bob? How are you guys? What's up, Bart? You got it, Brody. What's good? My team, man. What is going on with your guy, man? Like, I've had a rough week this week, and I feel like whatever he's on, I need, because this dude just <laughs> came out crazy this week. Yeah, Mike. Mike is going non-traditional. I, I, I don't know where he's getting some of these takes from, but you know, sometimes he can be crazy. Maybe he's crazy like a fox. So, uh, but you know, I, I, Caleb Williams. If you can, if you can pull it off, would you? Would you want Caleb Williams here? I mean, if you can get him, it'd be probably one of the. You talk about quarterbacks that people move up for. For, I don't know if anybody's ever moved up for number one and got the guy and that guy turned out. I can't think of anybody that moved up, gave up multiple picks to get number one, and that guy turned out. It's usually guy move up, pick first or second, and the guy's a bust. 
I can't think of one person. Eli Manning. I mean, that's a swap. That's different. One and two. He he forces. Oh, it's four way to out. one. This is six. I'm to talking one. about move from six to well, one. That's two different spots. Two more spots. They were four. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, even if he expanded to not well, just the really, top, it pick. really really is four to two because that was whack. They yeah they made him yeah that was oh. whack. He did. That was, <laughs> he, he was picked first. Yeah. <laughs> he was paid as the number one pick. Right. True. I know that. Um. But even if you expand it. You know, guy, who have teams traded up for? Uh, Sam Darnold, the Jets traded three seconds to move up. That didn't work out. Trey, yeah. Trey Lance, um, everything that the um, the 49ers did traded up. Did the Raiders up. move up for Jamarcus Russell? I don't I don't think they did. Okay. I, I, it certainly didn't work out. Um, they moved up for, was it Carson Wentz or was it Jared Goff? They were in the same draft. They Jared went, the went, Eagles Jared moved up once. for Wentz, I believe. Eagles moved up. Yeah, to Jared get Goff, Wentz at number yeah, two. Jared Goff went one. He went one to um, to the Rams, and then the Eagles moved up, which worked out for you know, a <laughs> <No>. little while. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl the year he got hurt. Um, you know what Mike T reminds me of? It just came to me this week. Mike T reminds me of Damian Lillard in the All-Star game. They're literally just letting him bring the ball up and shooting half-court shots all week. <laughs> He's just sitting on that desk and get up and just – shooting from wherever he wants on the court, and no one's putting up any resistance. They're like, Mike, you go out and you cook this week. Do you? Do you? Mike Mike, Mike, Mike unhinged. All-star game MVP, Damian Lillard. Got to take the most shots. Uh, let's go to Brian in Milburn. Brian, what's up? You there, Brian? For a long time, I Question, uh, Bart, why do teams like the Baltimore and the 49ers didn't run it on a team that was like 27th rank in uh, run defense? And I wanted to ask you, uh, do you think it's Brad and I, you was going to get traded? Um, to answer your first question, uh, he was going to reduce fronts, which is almost hard to run on. But if you believe in your running game, you, you find a way to run the ball anyway. You can't let somebody dictate to you whether you run the ball or not. I think the Baltimore Ravens in, in particular, you know, they saw that their defense couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes with these nine-minute drives, and they panicked, you know, which they shouldn't have because the Ravens have been a second-half team because they wear you down, but they never wore them down because they never ran the football because I think they got scared and didn't think that their defense can shut Patrick Mahomes down in the second half, which they did, but Patrick Mahomes also was playing more of a game manager um, than he was trying to score because he understood that they were going to run out of time. I think the you know Monk and uh, Froze, and I think that you know when you look at what you know Lamar did, he had that same glazed look over his face like uh, like Dak Prescott had. But um, answer your question about you know can they keep him? They 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 right now have an estimated five hundred thousand dollars in salary cap space. Um, they have to pay. They have to pay. Um, Chase Young, because they gave up a big draft pick for him to get. And he played well. And then it's inconsistent. You know, effort was an issue. It's been uh, his career. And, and you and you look at what they're going to have when you think about Armstead, you think about Hargrave, you think about Bosa, how much money they're going to be spending annually on their defensive line. And who knows what Drake uh, Green, uh, Greenlaw is going to be. Because he got injured, and that ACL means that he's probably not going to be better. He's not going to be better and ready to play at the start of the season. I mean, you're talking nine months, maybe ten months. You may not have him to November, so what are you going to do to supplement for him? I, I, don't, I don't know. They, they're going to have to make some, some tough decisions. Um, 
and I don't I don't know if they can sustain this level of play. They the only way they can get away with it is because they play their quarterback probably next year one point two million dollars, but they they're going to have to have some funny accounting. I'm looking at the fact that Debo's the second highest paid player. Debo's going to have to have a conversation as far as being able to figure out how can we have a Uke because if you don't have a Uke, they the problem they don't have a big play player. Everything that they do is ten to fifteen yards or yak yards. They don't have anybody that say like even like Valdez Scanley. They're just going to just run in the top off the defense and you can throw it up to them. So that way, when you play them, you just sit ten to twenty yards, knowing that that's where the ball's going to be, and they, they they couldn't get it done and sustain it. You know, Debo's twenty eight. You know, he signed this uh, three year extension. Let's see what they do with him. Um, they can't get out of his contract. They can get out of his contract two thousand twenty five. So next year they can get out of it. But you know, Debo with the way he plays and the amount of injuries that's going to to continue to, to mount up, I don't know if I'm going to pay Debo long-term. If I can go with Ayuka, a younger version of himself, maybe he doesn't offer the running the ball from the backfield standpoint, but he was clearly the better receiver that they had on their team. Debo's always a hamstring. There's yep. always something. A lot so, of miles on him, yeah. just the way he's, he plays. He's an old 28. He is. And, you know, talking about the the deep threat or lack thereof, they don't have a quarterback who that's his game, where he's not dropping back and – you know, so that actually kind of plays into the way they're structured. Brock Purdy's not one of these yeah, guys with a huge arm. But you want to have one, somebody that can— Just the threat. Yeah, because no, if, not, if not, then, hell, you, you just, you're just sitting on the sticks. 1-800-919-3776. Take a break here on the Barton Hahn Show. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk a little baseball. Spring training teams have reported. Aaron Judge spoke today. Juan Soto spoke yesterday. Their thoughts as the new season begins for the Yankees down in Tampa. That's coming up on 98.7 ESPN New York. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. It's Riri birthday. Nobody cares about Riri since she got married. That's not true. She off the market, son. Can't be lusting over somebody else's wife. She's got good music. Uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original. I wasn't thinking about her music. Triple distilled, buns. triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. All right, so spring training underway. Uh, Yankees full squad. Having reported, uh, they play games this weekend, actually. 82-80 and 80 season last year, Bart, the uh, source of a lot of frustration, really the entire baseball season, as you know, for your Mets as well. But um, for the Yankees, they went out and were as active as any team in Major League Baseball in terms of at least revamping their lineup, which has been a huge problem even with the best slugger in baseball right in the middle of it when he's healthy, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge... Uh, spoke with the media today for the first time. So now he teams up with with Juan Soto in the middle of that lineup, a 2-3 combination, a 3-4 combination, probably 2-3 and three in the Yankees lineup. You know, you still have Giancarlo Stanton. What his place and what his role is going to be, we don't know. Uh, Stanton in pictures and according to comments is slimmed down, and hopefully that leads to him staying on the field Uh, More than he has in recent years. Uh, He had a miserable season last year. Two years ago, he was not only an All-Star, but the MVP of the All-Star game, for whatever that's worth. Um, But the lineup is centered around Judge and Juan Soto, who, from the right-hand side of the plate, Judge, the left-hand side of the plate, Soto, forms probably the best one-two combination in baseball. So let's hear from Judge uh, upon reporting to spring training. First things first on this improved Yankees offense. Incredible potential. You know, it's just we're excited about quite a few guys that we added. We can start at the top, you know, with Juan Soto and the diversity he brings to our lineup, you know, being there at the top three in the lineup. You know, he's going to get on base. He's going to drive the ball over the ballpark. He's a left-handed bat right in the middle, which we've needed for a while now. And then, you know, you add Grissom. You know, he's another guy, left-handed bat, you know, great outfielder, you know, puts the ball in play. You got Perdugo, who's, you know, done quite a bit of damage against us over the years. And now we get a chance to have him on our side. It's going to give us a lot of different options we haven't had over the past couple years. And, you know, just excited about getting to know these guys a little bit and just seeing how they work and just going out to work with them and you know pushing towards the championship the the offense should be I'm glad he said championship because you need to put that out in the atmosphere that that's what that's what it's about because if it's about regular season yeah I, I feel like man I, I feel like the Yankees are the Dallas Cowboys man I I feel like you know they they come out here and, and they always they've been having these great regular seasons and outside of last season, Boone, you know, manager with the, you know, first manager I can recall that goes over 100 wins, like three straight consecutive seasons, probably has the best winning percentage for any uh, manager starting their career out. But he hasn't won the big ones, right? And you, you look at the fact that, you know, they talk about what they added and you should be excited about this lineup and the fact that it should be an offensive juggernaut. And, you know, you, you, you believe that you have a great bullpen and you know you 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 know that front end you know if if everybody can be healthy at the top you know you can depend on you know the white well Gary Cole being who he's supposed to be you know Cy Young winner but i wonder if they've adopted better principles and practices in the training room because 
I don't know what what it is. If rather it's the Mets or the Yankees, they can't keep their guys healthy. And, and you know, Judge, we've never seen this before. We've never seen a six eight guy, you know, going into his thirties the way he plays. You know, he's he's not gotten hurt on the offensive side. He's been in the outfield, you know, stubbing his toe last year, diving before. You know, somebody six eight, you know, playing that recklessly, running to running to the outfield wall and all those type of things. It's going to be imperative that they keep them him healthy. And I think you know the linchpin as well is, in my opinion, is still you know DJ Lemayhu and you know him getting back to form and being a player that he was when they when he first got here. You know, I know some some things you can't prevent, but you know Stanton I think could be a, a wild card too because now it's it's no pressure on him at all. Like Cashman's called him out, and I think he has too much pride. He's done too much in his league, and he's going to come back with a vengeance. You can't tell me that didn't that didn't bother him a bit that he seemingly was singled out. Uh, I think he comes back, and you know, let's see if you know because he's always in shape and he's always looks amazing. But once again, this is a mini sample size of what Judge could be going forward because Judge is a bigger stronger version of Giancarlo Stanton. So I'm just hoping that they figure out and judge maybe looks at what he's doing, you know, at 280 and say, hey, maybe I need to go to the LeBron, no complex carbs and fructose type of stuff in my diet as well. Because, you know, we want this, this contract to be a good one throughout the duration of it. But this is the year, uh, in my opinion. And, this this can't be a failed year because then if it is a failed year, I don't know if you can sign Juan Soto long term because then he's going to say, ah, let me look at my options. But if you're cooking with grease around here, then he, you know, you can find a way to sign him, and I think he'll be all on board for it. You know, the expectations for the Yankees are actually pretty high considering where they were last year. The over-unders have them at 93.5, which I believe is the highest number yeah. in the American League. But they also, like you, the point you made with the Cowboys, they're the Yankees, so they're always going to get a little bit of a bump in terms of the over-unders. But I think the expectations are where they should be. I think this team should be back in they're the playoffs. They were last year. They, it was off year. They were there were so year. many nights last year where you had four, five, six, I swear, even up to seven empty holes in that lineup that were borderline automatic outs. And, you know, Soto, the addition of him is the headliner, okay? He's a left-handed batter. He is one of the best in Major League Baseball at getting on base. He could hit for power. Uh, He could hit for average. As far as an offensive player goes, he's as good as you get in the sport, and he's right in the middle of the prime of his career. But the other additions, most notably Alex Verdugo, I think is – very important to this team. It gives them more of a left-handed presence, which they were sorely lacking in recent years, despite Brian Cashman's protestations that that wasn't necessarily true. And he's just a professional hitter. There were so many nights last year they didn't have more than two or three professional hitters in their lineup. And the pitching staff, both the starters and the bullpen were under such pressure and such duress to operate with little margin for error because of the Yankees' anemic offense last year that I think the enhanced offense can also help the pitching staff. Um, Let's hear more from Judge. You talk about Stanton, and he could be an X-factor. Like I said, last year was such a wasted season for Stanton. Um, he looks like he's in better shape. He, I believe I read in a column in the Post today, he's had eight 
IL stints during his tenure with the Yankees. Seven of them are due to lower body injuries. So does the loss of weight and and the slimmed down figure help that? Hopefully, but here's Aaron Judge on Stanton. Oh, he looks great. He looks great. The guy's always been in shape. You know, I don't. People want to talk about weight or overweight, this and that. Like he, this guy's always in shape. You guys see him every single day. The guy, he prepares. He's working out every single day. And for him to come in the way he did and make some of the changes that he's made, that's just a tip of the cap to him. Like that guy's a true professional. He didn't like how things have gone the past couple seasons. He wanted to make a change, and he did. You know, so I'm excited to see what happens. And you know, I know he's gonna have another monster year. Yeah, man. Pliability and elasticity, especially when you get older and you're that big, you want to be able to make sure that you're limber and lean and supple. You know what I mean? You know, some of the injuries, man. I mean, come on, calf running, jogging around the base. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. And, and maybe because they made the improvements in the outfield, they won't have to ask him to, to fill in there. He can just be the DH and they can figure out stuff that way. Yeah, you have depth in the outfield now right. with Verdugo, with Soto, with um, with Judge with Trent Grisham, you know, hopefully Jason Dominguez comes back at about the midway point of the season coming off of his Tommy John surgery. Um, yeah, this is an important topic, and it's going to be part of the backdrop of this season. Uh, here's the thing, though. Yankee fans can't enjoy anything because— Well, historically, they, if, that's not true. What I'm saying is they can't <laughs> enjoy anything because if they are on pace— and living up to a hundred, yeah, a hundred wins. Yeah, nobody cares. We've seen that movie, right? So it's like they, it's 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 yeah. stressful wins, right? If they do it, they're supposed to. If they don't, it's like how can you not win? Do with this lineup like Boone needs to be fired. You know, Cashman needs to be gone. He needs to make a big trade and and you know um, for the trade deadline. Like you can't get this monkey off your back until the regular season is over with and it's the postseason. So when I say that, you know, you know, fans and can't enjoy anything because recently we've seen the in, in regular season success. We just haven't seen the postseason success. So it's hard to to enjoy. Like, you know, if the Mets go and they're on pace for 100, it'd be it'd be a parade every other day about how great of a season they're having. With the Yankees, you can't say that because we've seen that, especially under Boom. And you know, now what is it, 13 years without – uh, World Series appearance. Fort Flash was the 14th. Yeah, 2009 was the last one. Yeah, you know, there there is something to be said for that as you compare the the fan experience for both teams because you look at this this era of Yankee baseball, ALCS in 2017. That was before Boone got here, but they went to Game Seven. Uh, they went to Game Six of the ALCS in 2019. In 2022, they went to the ALCS and got swept. So that's three trips to the round before the World Series in somewhat recent vintage, and yet I think most Yankee fans would consider this era, like this last decade of Yankee baseball, to be a failure. Don't let Michael Parson hear that. <laughs> Let's hear one more from Judge down at uh, spring training in Tampa today. Um, asked if he feels more urgency this season because it's the last contract year for not only Juan Soto, but also for his manager, Aaron Boone. Every year we always have something like this. We always have a situation where we just traded for a guy or we traded for a guy last season. Now this is his last year with us or, you know, stuff with the manager, you know, different players. But when you play in New York, it's it's every year. The expectation is to win a, win a championship. It doesn't matter who's here, who's not here, who's going to be here. It's just about, you know, putting in the work and doing what we can to, you know, put this team back on top. And, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of the changes we've made throughout the offseason, you know, literally I feel like it started in November, November 
Chamber, guys were making changes. We're having phone calls, we're having conversations, meetings, and just to see that, you know, commitment from the organization and, you know, the commitment to want to hear from the players, hear from other people, the good, the bad, it's been exciting. So this is the year, but we just got to get out there and play. Let me ask you this. Do you sense, Bart, a little more apathy surrounding the Yankees heading into this season than in recent years? Apathy, that's a college word. What is that? Is that it's like um, lack of interest. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think Juan Soto. I went may- to a lot of colleges, by the way, so I learned a lot of words in all of them. Okay. I was, I was going to have to pull my thesaurus <laughs> out. I was trying to figure it out to see what the um, the equivalent word was that was dumbed down a little bit. Um, but I tell you what, I, I, I think people are excited with Juan Soto. I think they're disappointed that they didn't get the big fish. Like, it's like, you know, Yankees continue to get shunned. You know, Tiny did it to him twice, and uh, was it Singa? Uh, Yamamoto. Yeah, Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Singa's Mets. Singa's yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Yamamoto. Um, he also shunned him too, right? So they can't land the big fish. It's like, well, the Yankee brand isn't attracting the superstar, right? And, and they, I think they wanted to pile on. You know, who knows? Maybe they go out and get a guy like Blake Snell. They add to this starting rotation or somebody. Uh, but I think everybody's excited just because simply offensively what they could be you know everybody's always respected you know uh, Garrett Cole and everybody's already always respected the bullpen of the Yankees and and now they're saying okay now they have you know arguably people believe that Soto could be the best player in baseball you know young talent definitely somebody that you want to you know hit your wagon to him and Acuna um, and you know you know you heard Manny Machado on how he talked about how good of a player he was and what his ceiling could be and if he does that in the pinstripes, it's going to be iconic and it's going to be something good. You know, it's almost like a Bash brother, you know what I mean, opposite a judge, right? You know, these are guys that can put up similar numbers. You know, you, and in short, you know, you want a transition where judge is your best player, but then as he starts to diminish a little bit, you have somebody else that can be the, the young player. I'm still waiting for Glaber Torres. I mean, I don't like, – most frustrating start, I thought he was destined for superstardom. And I don't know if it's the weight, but it seems like he's plateaued and hasn't taken that next step from what we saw when, you know, you had the Chapman trade and how excited everybody was that, hey, man, we got this guy in the trade and look how awesome he is. Hasn't lived up to expectations. So if you can get a bounce back year from, you know, Glaber and where he can live up to potential and and you have Stanton that's motivated with a chip on his shoulder, it could be an exciting season here. Last last year was Torres' best season since his first two years in 2018 and 2019. He really tailed off starting this shortened COVID season, and, and last year was his, his best year, but still not at the level that you thought he would be at when he came up when he was such a young player. Still just 26 years old last season as he hit 273 with 25 home runs and 68 RBIs. So I will take a one more break here. Um you mentioned the excitement surrounding spring training and that it should be there for the Yankees. There's one player in Major League Baseball spring training who's not overly excited about being there right now in his current job. We'll get to that. And a call or two, 1-800-919-3776, when we come back on Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Barton Han, 98.7 ESPN New York. couple more minutes. Uh, K Show coming up top of the hour. I wanted to get to uh, an interesting baseball story real quick. Let's go get a quick phone call in here first, though, uh, Bart. Hector in Queens has been waiting. Hector, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, so, basically, I, th- I think the Yankee offense is going to be really good this year. I'm not worried unless they, they, they get injured. Also, I want to pose a quick question about the Mets. So, you saw how Yamamoto really basically used the Mets this, this offseason. It was either up to the Yankees or the Dodgers. But um, if, the, if the Mets have a really bad season, which I think they have a chance to, is that going to cause a reprieve from the free agents of next year to want to go to the Mets despite the money? That's all. Thank you, guys. No, I don't think that will. I mean, the Mets are always going to have the owner with the deepest pockets. It's just a matter of is he going to be willing to spend that because it seems like after he tried that for the last couple of years and and last season blew up so spectacularly for the Mets, the highest payroll in the history of the sport, and they went, what, 75 and 87 or whatever it ended up being, uh, he's completely changed course. Now, he brought in David Stearns, who's used to operating a certain way. Stearns is used to operating the Milwaukee way, the small market way, which certainly has its place, and he had a lot of success there. They went to the playoffs four years in a row. It seems to me right now, watching the Mets operate, that they're going too much towards the small market model. They, Yes, the, the, the spending they... They, they had done the last couple of off seasons did not pan out, right? Yeah. It, I don't think that they need to abandon that philosophy completely. I, I think that there's still a place to use the advantage of their owner's financial might. They don't seem to be doing that right now. Well, I think this is just a couple of resets, right? You know, I think they'll be in the market, and I think I saw that they'll be in the market for Juan Soto next year sure. and maybe playing, paying um, Peter Alonzo. So I think, you know, let's see what Diaz does coming back, how he looks. But I think, you know, they're going to operate for a small market just for a, 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 a being a, a, a short period of time to kind of reset and assess this team. Um, it, it was no big fish out there, you know, and they said that they were going to try and start over when they moved on from Verlander and Scherzer. You know, I think, you know, when you look at what they're going to do going forward, I think they'll go get back to big spending. I think this owner is impatient and he'll play, he'll play nice for a little while and listen to the new general manager, somebody that he respects. But eventually, when it's a big fish out there, he's going to try and land big fish because he understands this is a big market. So you can do both at the same time. The Mets fan also needs to realize that this is going to be a new world for them because what Yamamoto did in terms of using Cohen's money and the Mets to drive up the negotiating figures on his contract, that's going to happen more and more often. It used to happen to George Steinbrenner all the time in the early 90s, the late 80s, when free agents Greg Maddox is the best example of that, didn't necessarily want to come. The Yankees were always included in those conversations, and the team wasn't performing well at the time, but free agents still wanted the Yankees to be part of the negotiating process to drive up the price of their contracts. And with Steve Cohen and his his financial worth, He's certainly going to be a part of that also. But it's fine, though, too, because when I drive up the price, that team has to pay it. So they that, do. That, so that limits them as far as Down the taxes the road. and all that stuff, too. So, okay. All right. So the bottom line is being rich is usually not a disadvantage. Uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Down in spring training, uh, Anthony Rendon 
uh, former All-Star for the Washington Nationals, who after the 2019 season signed a huge free agent contract with the Angels and has been nothing but a disappointment in the four years since. I th- believe his total value of his contract above $230 million. And in four years in Washington, he has played a total of 200 games and hit a total of 22 home runs. And uh, in a conversation with the media, as he gets started with spring training, he uh, had this to say. That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. It meaning playing Major League Baseball. So on top of his production or lack thereof since signing this uh, lucrative contract in Los Angeles and the Angels getting virtually nothing back from it, Rendon kind of sharing his feelings on where baseball stands in the grand scheme. I mean, good for him. He doesn't really seem to be bothered by any of it right now, Bart. Yeah, he's saying basically, hey, it's, it's a job. You know, I wasn't injured. I can't help it. Uh, I'll do my best when I'm there. Uh, what time is payday? Tuesday. Okay. Uh, he knows when he knows when payday is. Jacob, you got the full cut that we can uh, that we can hear. Oh yeah, here we go. That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time <laughs> it is. So. <laughs> Did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he technically answered it. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, he answered it once. Um, look, for a guy who has signed a contract like this and really contributed nothing since going out there, I understand if that's his feeling, and that's fair. And I know we do want honesty in our athletes' answers. I just think that. There's a time and place for anything, and I think he would have been better served just veering in a different direction if asked that question. Well, he understood that the the direction of where the question was coming from, so his defense mechanism was already up. So I, you can anticipate when you're going to get these type of uh, answers from an athlete, uh, and they can see where he was leaning. So I mean, good for the reporter to follow up, right? Because that's the proper follow up because you could get gold. Where you know you get somebody to spaz out or, or, or say something reckless, and you know, there you go. In case anybody needed a reminder that it wasn't a top priority for him, um, well, he gave that. But I think his play was a strong indication that baseball's not a top priority for him. He was an amazing player during that run. He cashed in, in 126 RBIs his his walk year. He hit it at the exact right time. He also won a World Series championship with the Nats in 2019. All right, that will do it for the show this afternoon. Bart, uh, you and I will be back together tomorrow. See you then. K-Show, coming up next on ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.